Welcome to episode 35 of Tim Talk, the podcast about the DC anime universe co-created by Bruce Tim. I'm Chris Lord. I'm Cameron Dexter. And this week we're talking Mask of the Phantasm, the first and undoubtedly the best of the movies in the DCAU. But to join us this week, we have a very special guest. Vasilia, say hello. Hello. Hi, Vasilius. <laughs> oh, hey, Cameron. Hey, what are you doing here? I just was invited. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and so, then Chris opened the door. Yeah. Oh, nice. And I walked inside the door, and I, then I ended up here. I contemplated leaving the door closed. Uh-huh. As, so is, you, you, you do listen to the podcast, which we do. do we do greatly appreciate. You yeah. may recall that uh, during our Demon's Quest episode, Cameron and I decided to inject some tension and some conflict. From now on, we can only have guests on that one of us hate. Oh. So your oh, challenge yeah. for the rest of the podcast <laughs> is to figure guess. out which, which one, one of us it is. <laughs> <laughs> very good yeah so All just right. try and see if you can just, figure it out yeah just ask me again I at the forgot end. about that. yeah i mean i've been very hospitable is that a ruse mm-hmm. no, you don't no. know we're gonna find know. out i didn't give you a hug when i walked in yeah oh, there was no touching i touched you and you did not re- I, I gave you a nice little firm uh shoulder grab and you did not reciprocate yeah think about it yeah <laughs> stop and <laughs> contemplate uh, but, of course, we've mentioned Vasilius before because you have an awesome podcast, Tolkien Takeaway, uh-huh. which uh, Cameron was on recently, which is a great episode to listen to it before. We plugged it a few times. Yeah, so. thank you. Thank you so much for your kindness and, and plugging my stuff, you guys. I really, really appreciate it. Of course. Um, but I think I am owed it as your most devoted fan. Oh. Oh, well, thank you. We, we do appreciate that. <laughs> so, um, But, I mean, before we get into the, the meat of the, the episode, which is going to be all about Phantasm, which obviously is fucking amazing. I mean, so, Facilis, you requested this episode in particular. Yeah. So, um, before, even before we get into that, like, what, where did you start off with Batman? Like, what was your first introduction to Batman? With, like, the character of Batman? Yeah, just or like... Or any wh- exposure to Batman? Yeah, where did he first appear in your um, life? I, th- um, I think the first exposure I ever had to Batman, you guys might laugh as, at this, was the Super Friends. That's awesome. <laughs> no, <you laughs> that's, me? that's fair. great. Yeah. Watching the Super Friends, I don't know if it was on Cartoon Network or Nick It... It would be Cartoon, Cartoon Network. Cartoon Network, because, yeah. yeah it, it's a Hanna-Barbera show. Watching, <laughs> watching the Super Friends, I remember some episodes, like, really vividly. Um, and I think my mom would also watch the Super Friends. So we would actually, like, with, she would kind of watch Super Friends when it came out. And then I watched it when it was, like, being rerun. Right. Um, so we kind of watched it together. So that was kind of cute. Um, and then, like, Batman the Animated Series. And of then course. And after that, Superman the Animated Series, and Batman Beyond, and uh, so on and so forth. And then I started getting into, when I was kind of in high school and then extended, extending into college, I started getting into... Batman graphic novels. I didn't really like follow a certain run of a comic, but I would just yeah. like look at like best of lists of graphic mm-hmm. novels and, and would like just read graphic novels and of course the movies. Yeah. Okay, so then um, I mean you you've watched the animated series. I've watched the animated series and it's interesting because I'm not watching it along with you guys, but okay. I'm kind of reliving it through your voices. Oh my god, that and, that uh, is a horrible lens to watch <laughs> an amazing program but, through. Um, it is funny because like when you when you guys are talking about it, I get again like struck by these great visual images that have remained with me to this day mm-hmm. from the show and just going back and rewatching phantasm for the podcast things kept coming back and it was a great it was great like blasts from the past for sure so then yeah. why, uh, why phantasm in particular like why was this the one thing that you want to come on and talk about well i think it's i mean it's considered by most to be it, it, well number one it stands out in my brain more than any other episode let's mm-hmm. say um, and, you know, other than the Beyond stuff, which I really adore. Yeah, um, same. Yeah. Um, and I remember I remember watching it for the first time, close to when it came out. We, we, I must have been like 
five or six or maybe I watched like a little bit after, like six or seven. I was okay. six or seven, and I remember being at my godbrother's house, um, and like all there was this big Greek kind of party happening in the kitchen, and I didn't want anything to do with it. You're like so, fuck this noise, there's so Batman on. Literally, and then I went into the living room where my um, my godbrother Stephen was watching this movie. My mom would never let me watch this. Okay. Uh, but it was on and I was watching it and I remember like when the phantasm like first came into view, into frame being legitimately scared. Oh yeah. Yeah. Is. Legitimately scared. And so I'm like, and so it's, it's, it's just been kind of em- engraved in my mind, like uh, just like really stamped, uh, burned into my mind. And then I rewatched it a few years ago and realize what an actually quality movie it was. So I like it. I like it a lot. Fine. Yeah. The 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 guys who make the show have always been so great about their efficiency of storytelling. And mm-hmm. I mean, should we just go ahead and dive right into it and start kind of talking about it? Because my, my first note is basically about like how you jump right in and it starts off immediately. And we've talked before about how a lot literally of literally epi- jumps in. Like, like, oh, yeah, I guess he, he literally yeah. jump, jumps in the story. We just smash through a window <laughs> right into the middle of the story. <laughs> right. yep. Exactly. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, I think right from the beginning, it, it does set itself up as being something a little bit different, right? So you mm-hmm. can tell it has budget. We have the big CG Gotham City. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're kind of passing through it. We awesome. have the, the beautiful, like, orchestra, which, uh, mm-hmm. fun fact, you guys may, may or may not know this, it's actually... Uh, the people singing, they're chanting their own names backwards, <laughs> which is pretty great. Yeah. It's a weird little joke. But, I mean, yeah. and the animation is the best, I think. It's, of, it's so epic. Yeah. Of, I mean, Cameron, you're the animation expert here. It's much better uh, than the rest of the show, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's they obviously had – I mean, they didn't have much more time on this. No, they had which eight is, months, yeah, which is insane. for Because for, this was originally supposed to be a direct-to-video movie. Yeah. Um, because the producers wanted a – direct a video movie between each season and then they realized this idea was too good so they brought it up to a theatrical uh-huh. release um and wasn't it to follow a little bit on the heels of uh batman returns return was it yeah, uh, kind, of, kind of kind of i mean the, the whole kind series was basically something. capitalizing off of the, yeah. the tim burton movies um, uh, and actually the intro the fun thing that i read about this uh warner brothers was like because this was also kind of the the age when 3D was being more, or CGI was being more introduced into movies and animated things. Yeah. So Warner Brothers was really, really pushing for some kind of 3D thing. CG. And yeah, CG thing. It's 3D animated. Whatever. <laughs> Fuck you guys. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, Paul Dini and Bruce were so against it. They're like, this technology isn't isn't really good enough. It doesn't fit the style that we're going for. Yeah. And they're like, okay, we'll just put it in something that has nothing to do with the story. Yeah. <laughs> Like but the credits. It's still, I mean, it holds up, though. It still oh, looks yeah. really good. I mean... It's, especially if you compare it to... Because the 90s Spider-Man show, they did a 3D CGI oh, rendering of God, you're New York. right. Yeah, that looks horrible. And if horrible. you compare the two... And this came out four years before... Three years before yeah. the show. Yeah, better budget, though, I'd imagine. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. So much yeah. better budget. But also, this... When this came out, kind of speaking about the animation aspect, uh, it was a major flop. Yeah, it made five point yeah. six million off of a six million dollar budget, and then yeah. I mean, it's subsequently through various uh, like home release. Guys, did you know that it originally came out on Laserdisc first? Yeah, I saw that's that. awesome. I didn't know that. <laughs> Do you guys ever have Laserdiscs? No, uh, no. There's no way you would if you're a child. But Vasilis, yeah. um, <laughs> you and I are basically no, the same age. No, yeah, yeah. No, um, went from just VHS to regular DVD in my household. Okay, we we had uh, the first two Star Wars movies on Laserdisc. Which was like pretty amazing. So you had the watch. Mark Hamill collection. What? 
We didn't have this on Laserdisc. Oh, no. Uh, I thought that was what you were saying. Okay. No, but I always remember having to like get to Cloud City and like, God damn it, you have to get up and go over and flip the fucking disc and put it <laughs> back in and keep on watching. Now, now uh, in terms of like clarity and and picture, was it above VHS but below DVD, or was it like the equivalent of DVD? I honestly couldn't tell you because yeah, this would have been time. twenty years ago, you, twenty plus years ago. Records now. of that? No. <laughs> You don't I, have a tech. You don't weirdo. have a technology diary. No, I don't. What am I doing with my life, honestly, guys? Here, I just remember things based off emotion. I should be remembering minor <laughs> technical details of uh, the media I've consumed. Oh, so sorry. Going back to the to the animation aspect, one of the reasons a lot of critics believe this flopped so badly was they were comparing it to other animated films at the time, and that hmm. basically meant comparing it to Disney. Disney. Yeah. And like, what Disney movie came out shortly after this? The Lion King. Yeah. Yeah, because this lost the Annie Award for Best Picture. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is going to be a good trivia option to the two of us who can get to these bits first. Oh, man. Because <laughs> I wrote all of them I, down. I'm sure you wrote them down. Oh, yeah. Down I wrote them all down, too. Uh, it I'm is not keeping a score, but I'm ahead. <laughs> superhero films ever nominated for an Annie Award. Um, Do you hey, know the other one? Uh, would it be The Incredibles? It would be The Incredibles. Oh, <laughs> And you guys, Fast are, you guys are made for each other. <laughs> I know it's it's sickening. Is yeah. what it comes down to. <laughs> it's like like I I am feeling nauseous. So we, we can dive in now. I got my, my oh animation we got our thing. That, yeah, I mean because the, the animation is incredible. Like yeah. I mean we've had some really poorly animated episodes. We talked about it before. Some good ones too, but yeah. I mean not on this level. I mean just the the fight sequences just right in the beginning in the the casino mm. really fluid, very smooth. I, at no point do I ever feel like the animation is crappy. No. Mm-hmm. During the whole thing, which is pretty good. The opening scene, if we're going to start jumping in, yeah. So I'm just going to jump off that diving board. Please do. Um, Batman kind of breaks up a crime meeting. Yeah, I mean they're they're going to distribute uh, counterfeit bills to the into, casino. They're going to yeah, wander into the casino, Gotham, Vegas. Yeah. Um, and Batman. Uh, fun fact about the scene: Batman jumps in, beats up all the bad guys, one gets away. Blah blah blah. Fun fact about the scene. <laughs> um, <laughs> The movie The Crow, if you remember The Crow, I do. Uh, stole this action scene, almost scene for scene, when The Crow breaks in, breaks through, and he's fighting all the goons in that one room at the long table. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I have to admit, I know of The Crow. I've never actually seen it. It's w- great, Chris. That's you what I've heard, yeah. That's yeah. what I've heard. You should it's watch it. It's great. Okay. Yeah, so um, Chucky Saul, who's the kind of leader going on here, he runs off to the garage to try and get away, and he encounters what he thinks is Batman, but guys... It's not Batman. It's the thing that terrified all of us as little six-year-olds. Yeah. yeah. The, the phantasm never actually named in the movie at any point Don't ever. all of my facts. Do you need time to cross out all the facts that I've stolen from you? No, it's only three. I, I looked up a list of 13. So we <laughs> okay, so I've interspersed mine through my notes. Oh, I just put everything in the beginning and the end. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. to each of their own. Um but yeah, so what I love about this movie too is that it, it re, like addresses one of the issues I've had with the whole series was people actually die. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, right from the beginning. Yeah, um, like the violence throughout this whole movie is much more realistic. There's blood. Yeah, there's blood. Like people get cut. Um, people get injured. Teeth get knocked out. Yeah, and it's much more visceral, and I think it it makes a big difference. Cause, it earned that PG rating. Oh, it definitely earned it. I mean, I, I've talked about this before that it bothers me in a lot of the episodes where a character should clearly have died, given what happened to them, or like the stakes are that someone's going to die, and you mm. never really worry about it because it's a kids' cartoon. And this, 
within the first five minutes, like one of the gangsters is killed in a pretty violent way. I mean, he drives off a parking garage and smashes into another building. That is, that was so cool. Yeah, which I love too, that because awesome. like that kills someone in this, but like we just watched the episode with Maxie Zeus where he falls like 10 stories and he just stands up and walks away from it. So we, we have a more realistic version uh-huh. of physics in this, which yeah, is much yeah. appreciated. But yeah. he was a god. That's true. Kind yeah. of. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. But um, yeah, so I think right from the beginning, like we have like genuine stakes, mm-hmm. efficient storytelling, great animation. A mystery. A mis- yeah, mystery. Who is this person? What do they want? Fri- yeah. A frightening tone. Yeah, mm-hmm. genuinely unlike, intense. Yeah, unlike the rest of the series. Um, and also just, I, I have to mention the music. I mean, all the way through it's amazing, but uh-huh. Shirley Walker's score for this is fucking incredible. I mean, yeah. she already did such a great job with the original show. She did mm-hmm. a lot of the music on that, but this this is unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, and like the melodrama works. It actually like buoys the action. It's yeah. not distracting because I mean, if because you have like an animated medium, it actually you know complements it and doesn't draw away from. It's not like it's not distracting. Like even when you see like a like a like a melodramatic score for like an old live action movie, mm-hmm. you're completely like you like you said earlier are pulled out. You're like, oh my god, it's, it's, it's silly, organ, right? Sometimes, yeah. Organ, relax with the organ, yeah. Or God, anything with the nineties is like kind of like that weird like synthy tunes <laughs> oh to it. And, but for this, it's just like yeah, yeah, that seems right. This is the Batman sound. Yes, like, exactly. Batman is playing the organ right now. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see Batman behind the scenes? <laughs> Just yeah. dressed in the cape and cowl, like oh, at, yeah. the, at the organ. Uh, and I think, like going off the point of music, that's what really brought it up to that cinematic level. Oh yeah, uh, uh-huh. that like you couldn't use the original score for this because it would make it still feel like a TV yeah. show. Like and the show is really what brought it out of the realm of TV into movies. Yeah, and they they intersperse the the TV show theme at certain points, mm. but it's never featured, which I kind of like, like it, it's woven into other pieces, but it's not like the, Hey, look, it's the Batman theme. We got a shoehorn in here awkwardly. Mm-hmm. So, um, but so we, we kind of move quickly from there to, uh, party time, party time. Yeah. We meet Arthur Reeves, mm. uh, played by Hart Bachner. Mm. Did you get, you got any nope. trivia on this? I was going to, I gave you an option here for, no, I have the other voice act. The other voice in that scene. Okay, cool. Okay, so, oh, yes. Okay, I'll give you that one. I know who you're yeah. talking about. Um, but you guys have seen Die Hard, right? Yes. Yep. Oh, for fuck's sake, Cameron. <laughs> Do you own a television? <laughs> I own two. Or have you ever? <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so, okay. Vasilius, Who is he in Die Hard? He's um, Harry Ellis, the really sleazy guy, like Hans, Bubby, that guy. Oh, okay. Yeah, and... No, I didn't oh, think, yeah, I didn't that guy. Yeah, I mean, but... <laughs> he's... <laughs> yeah. yeah, I like that guy. God, uh, God damn it, Cameron. Uh, yeah. I saw Galaxy Quest. <laughs> Is that similar? To Die Hard? I mean, I know it's different. I was just trying to name another sleazy character. Alan Rickman. I mean, another no, Alan yeah. Rickman movie that wasn't Harry oh, Potter. Oh, okay. Oh, I thought you were referencing Sam Rockwell in uh, Galaxy Quest. He kind of plays a sleazy character. Oh. Yeah, I can go for that too. Guy. Guy Fleekman. Anyways. Sorry. I don't know if you guys hear that car alarm, but fuck it. I don't care. Um, um, can we just point out can we just like talk about for a quick second the biddy that goes on to Bruce that like latches herself on the third one the number three biddy with the terrifying dead vampire eyes did you guys pick up on this wait wait, Mm -hmm. uh, not the one who throws the wine in his face but the the one who's like the I word engagement is the I word engagement a joke I did not get as a child (laughs) yeah yeah it was like yeah like what is what joke is coming here when she said the I word Mm -hmm. did you notice her eyes yeah, they were weirdly. They're all like they were all black. 
Yeah. Like when you see like in a horror movie mm-hmm. and yeah. like you see like the like the, the either the little kid or the adult with the, the all black eyes. Was the implication there that she was just like fucked up on something and her, <laughs> her eyes were know. super Dude, dilated? That was, that was their way to do drunk. <laughs> yeah. know, it was just like attractive bitty, attractive bitty. And then, oh god, a vampire! Can also, can I just say, I love to use the word "bitty." Like, I don't Thanks. remember the last time I heard someone You're use the bitty. word. It's it's so good. Yeah, I might have to start bringing "bitty" back You're into my welcome. lexicon. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> Do you know the fun fact about that girl? I'm taking. I I know the fun fact about it, but I'll let oh, you say about, it. About vampire? No, about girl? that. Yeah, about Miss Bambi, specific. the uh, the piano dancing. Misspeller. Oh, oh, yeah. yes. Who, yeah, yeah. I do. I do know that one. Do you want to? Do you want to share it for the world? It's the voice of uh, Harley. Isn't it, it is Harley Arlene Sorkin. Sorkin. Yeah, yeah. I was glad they found a way to kind of to sneak her in there. Yeah, in, in some well, they, well, they really wanted to, like, with this show, they didn't know like during what episode it was going to be released in. So they oh, tried yeah, to distance right. it as much as they could from the show. Yeah. Um, with, like, story elements from the show-wise. And so I think that's why we don't see Robin. We don't see Harley. We barely see Commissioner Gordon. Right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, mm-hmm. he, he's in, like, two scenes. Uh-huh. Basically just be like, uh-huh. no, Batman's a good dope. One villain. And then he, he literally walks out of the movie. Uh, yeah, he does, actually. <laughs> yeah, he literally says, I want no part of this. Yeah. <laughs> he leaves. <laughs> Bounces. He just washes his hands of this, and yeah, out the door no he goes. There's, he, leaves, uh, <laughs> he leaves the office. Do you guys remember The Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy? I know of it. I, I never really watched it. I remember it being on, but I never watched it. There's there's a scene that makes the same joke um, uh-huh. where they film or they animate it widescreen, uh-huh. and Mandy, the like very narcissistic girl, Billy comes into the scene. He's like, "Oh, I have this this great plot idea for this episode," and she's like, "Nope." And you see her walk out, and like the bars were fake animated, and so she like holds it, she, like breaks the fourth wall, uh-huh. and wa- literally walks out of the scene. <laughs> she's like, give me the commercial break. Yeah, yeah. nice. <laughs> Nice. It's a oh, good show. Good. Everyone should, should remember how good that show is. Uh huh. Oh man, that's an entirely different plug than you normally throw in there. I know. You, you have, I, you I have really a, get to talk. You about have a Grim really a huge breadth of animation references, and that that's an obscure one. Yeah. Kudos you know, to try. you, sir. I, try, I feel like it's not that obscure because that was on for five years. Yeah, but if it's not Avatar, Kim Possible, you're generally not talking about. Or, or Teen Titans. Codename Kids Next Door, or Teen Titans, or Danny Phantom. I made a mistake. I let him start talking about. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> Other shows. So Batman. <laughs> so a um, lot of this this episode. Oh, so much of it. Yeah. And this is when actually um when Andrea comes in, right? Uh yeah. So Arthur okay, he, he talked to her on the phone briefly, mm-hmm. right? Like he had a, a brief phone chat with her, she was flying in. But Fun. even from the voice though, I oh. knew who it was. Because you guys don't know that Dan Dela- Dana Delaney is like my first ever Hollywood crush. Really? What really what? because of Tombstone. Oh, okay. I've never actually seen Tombstone. Um Oh wow, you've never seen a movie on this podcast. <laughs> I was oh, waiting, wow, Chris. I was waiting for that actually. <laughs> That's why I left the pause. <laughs> um Yeah, no, Tombstone is my favorite Western of all time. Okay. And she's uh the love interest in, okay. that, in that movie. And she's she kills it. She's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And um she, yeah, she's my first celebrity crush and I actually when I got Twitter, um, I followed her on Twitter, and one of my first ever tweets was, um, I just wanted to let you know that you were my first Hollywood crush. <laughs> okay. So, thank you. And she responded. <laughs> she did? She what? Responded, That's awesome. No, ca- ex- no capitals. Well, no all capitals. Thank you. Aww. And he gave me, like, a smiley face. Oh, I'm glad that there was a thank you at the end, and it wasn't just no, no capitals, all capitals no. and just that. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Uh, okay, so you you love Dan Delaney. Do yeah. you know where else she pops up in the DC animated universe? Yeah, in Superman. 
Yes. For many enemies, Lois Vo- Lane. Yeah, Voice of Lois Lane. Voice of Lois Lane. So, and I, I think we can assume that for the purposes of this story that she, the character is named after Andre Romano. Yeah. I, 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 we must assume that, I think, at this point. Yeah, I yeah. kept, like, when I was writing her name out, I kept writing Romano. Andre Romano instead. Yeah. Yeah, but so she's mentioned, and like Bruce, like kind of sulks off into his office and stares at his massive picture of his parents, and that triggers our our first wavy our line first flashback. Of many flashbacks. Yeah, so many flashbacks. Right. But I, I like how even that transition's done though, because it's like it the it goes from a really dark room. He's by himself, the massive picture overhead, and then when it cuts to the graveyard, even though it's a graveyard and it's in the past, it's still bright. Like it's mm-hmm. during the day, it's outside. Um, there's just a lighter tone, especially mm. the way this whole scene plays out when he meets Andrea too. Mm-hmm. And it, it really does show how far he's gone that even back in the day, even though he was still carrying around this burden, it was not as severe and he was still kind of happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great juxtaposition and it's interesting and it's a nice way to, uh, keep, keep a movie from, from, from being one mood or being one note for too long. Yeah. Just to insert that kind of stuff, yeah. Yeah, it'd suck if they made a full motion length picture of one tone movies. Just one tone. It's probably a little broody, a little dark. Forced like four straight movies with one. Oh, that would that would that there's would. There's no way a company would be that Cameron, stupid. Cameron, that would be so bad. That'd be horrible. Who would go see that? <laughs> I don't know. People who just love to get their heart broken. Yeah, yeah. Who would? Yeah, who would go see all of them? <laughs> not <No>. us. <laughs> You're right. Not me. I didn't uh. see a single one. No, oh. I saw Superman. Oh, God. I saw Superman. You've seen the best, which is very faint <laughs> praise. Oh, but uh, but um, yeah, I, so I like, we, yeah. Yeah, I like how the flashback's done, though. But. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. Uh, yeah, so we were introduced to Bruce and Andrea mm-hmm. that immediately, like, so my, my, I had a quick question about this. Sure, sure. How old are they in this scene? Because it's um, been 10 years since she's been, since she's been back. Uh, well, and we think Bruce she, is like. She mentions this around campus. Okay, so that's what I thought. So they're college kids. I think I think Bruce is maybe a little bit older than Dick at this point. Okay, because um, he looks like he looks young. They look like they just stole Dick's face and put it on a buffer body. Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> in, in <these> flashback scenes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I was yeah, saying enormous. In general, Bruce is animated the best in this movie compared to the rest of the yeah. show, and uh, beyond that, especially in his flashbacks, it's a good looking guy back in the day. Yeah, I mean, he's he's supposed to be. Yeah, but I was I was wondering because they're like they're pretty horn dogs they're like they're they're one not even a full date in they talked for 10 minutes and then they're like all right let's do this just well, but out. They, and i'm just like oh well they're college kids i, I well, understand i mean they now. had <laughs> yeah i, I, I say, accept this now that's, i, I mean that's it. how i was in college for sure ten, i mean 10 minutes and then i mean that i just assumed that was yeah. on grass <laughs> i just assumed pre-tender that's how it was around <laughs> oh yeah off he goes and also another like very small and very unnecessary thing Seeing Alfred with black hair, it's weird. A little weird. It's, it a, little, was, it's yeah. a little bizarre. Yeah, it didn't seem right. It 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 feels. I mean, yeah, I think it's about ten years since she was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she, she says left. that on the plane. Um, it feels like it's longer. Just the 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 world, the characters, they all feel it's a little bit mm-hmm. too young, maybe. But I I would think that he's probably in his like mid to late twenties, right now. Or not, in the like, flashbacks, and I and I would oh, imagine. Really? Yeah, and I, I would think Andrea's. Do a little you think bit, he's almost forty in? The present time? I think he's probably like 35, 35 I was thinking like ish. maybe 20 to 22 in the flashback. That's what I was and thinking. And then probably probably 30 to 32. Mm-hmm. Really? That was my okay, guess. Okay, yeah. I guess that does make a little bit more sense. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I mean, they do they do have really good chemistry. 
I have to say. They do, because I mean, it helps when you have a character like Andrea being so well-written and interesting and not yeah. just like a typical either, you know, just like one note, just like just sexy or yeah. just smart or just beautiful. She's like, she's also kind of morbid. She is, yeah. She's and got a dark I side to her. that interesting. Like that makes a character for sure more interesting when you add that that uh, that color. Mm-hmm. We, we even look at how she talks to Bruce in comparison to all the all the biddies back to the party. <laughs> yeah, right? she almost talks down to him. She does. And, like, yeah, no one ever talks down. Well, to she's him, not right? afraid of him, and I think that's part of why their dynamic works mm-hmm. is because he's so used to having everyone you know either kiss his ass or be terrified of him because he's this huge figure. But no, she's not afraid of him at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Um, but you know, he mentions that he has this vow, and she's like, "Ooh, what's your what's your vow?" And then we quickly figure out it's, it's a secret. It's a, it's a fuck you, Bruce. It's a secret vow. Fuck you and your dramatic <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> we but we've established at this point, Bruce slash Batman loves to make jokes that only he gets. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, but you think about it, he spends a lot of time by himself. So I guess Sorry. it kind of I guess it kind of makes sense. Sorry, that one was for me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who are you talking to? Yeah. Like, sorry, did you say something? No, no, I did not. No, don't worry about it. Yeah. But I'm, he's not, like, I'm not Batman. But when he, like, you're Batman, kind of making like going off that joke, he obviously talks to himself all the time. But he can't stand it when someone else is talking to themselves. No, when he, that's when true. He sees yeah. Andre, he's like, oh, are you talking to me? No, I'm talking to my mom's grave. Oh, are you, are you sure? Because I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. That was a little awkward. I'm going to take a step away. Oh, I think I heard you say my name. Are you sure you're not talking to me? I think what they were trying to do was because the headstone was on the ground, it was a flat one, they were trying to play off like he hadn't seen the headstone. But we had so clearly seen the headstone. We were like, what? why is he being so dense right now? What is he, ta- what is well, he doing? Because in his mind, everyone has like five foot tall, massive yeah, headstones no for their parents. To nothing like the, that. This says nothing other than their last name. Right. No, like beloved husband, wife, mother, father. No, just Wayne. Wayne. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I. I mean, it, the it headstone has... talks to him with thunder and lightning. So, uh, yeah. And an organ. Think anybody else's does that. Oh, so, so much to say. That's why the scene. organ player. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah, organ player is to... underneath, the, underneath the tombstone. He pays an organ player to follow him around. Oh, yeah. 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 Sorry, to, sorry to interrupt. Andre, are you... <laughs> Bruce, do you hear that? No, that's, that's yeah. just for me. <laughs> Go. <laughs> but so uh, from there, we, we get his uh, kind of his early forays into crime fighting. Yeah. Which um, I like. I like the way they handle this. Very similar in some ways to what they do in uh, Begins as well, with like mm-hmm. the ski mask and uh, that whole thing. Yeah, where they don't find him scary. Yeah, it's a big moment for him. Like he he gets really frustrated at the fact that they don't they're not intimidated by him because mm-hmm. it would be kind of ridiculous. So actually, Cameron, I have a question for you in regards to animation. So I, I'm assuming you guys notice this too that uh, when he's fighting the the thieves, the gangsters, mm-hmm. uh, anytime there's an impact, like the screen flashes white. Mm. Yes. So I guess my, my question is, is that to basically just make it easier on the animators that at the point of impact, they don't have to, have to animate that? Or is it to kind of hide the violence? Or what was the reason uh, by having those like flashes of light that come up? I would see it as uh, to intensify the impact. Okay. Uh, it's it's kind of it's similar to like when you see a gunshot go off, there's always like that big flash. It's like they're yeah. trying to connect it of like, he's super fast and these are really hard hits. And so they're like, I think that was kind of their replacement of like the pow bang. Like, okay, all right, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. 
That's what I mean. That's did you feel that? Because that's what I felt like. Did you? Feel yeah, that? It, it does add impact yeah. to it. I mean, but it's also noticeable, right? Exactly. Too, and I guess maybe because the the, the first maybe it was also included in the the opening fight sequence of the casino, but I don't remember it quite so much. I don't think so. But here it feels really pronounced. So that's why I was kind of curious. Mm, okay, where it comes from. But I, this is a great action sequence. All of them are. So Pretty yeah. Much. And, you know, I, I oftentimes um, the flashbacks can kind of drag a story down. But in this case, actually, it, it injects action into it. Like, most of the action sequences are happening in a lot of the flashbacks. I feel it's also just as interesting as the main storyline. I had completely forgotten that, about this part of the movie. I had completely oh, really? forgot about the, the, the quasi-origin story. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, the post-parents the post, uh, being killed, but pre- costume being put on for the first time yeah i forgot and it's it's interesting and it's compelling and yeah i mean i i think this is the best representation because we we have year one which is what everyone kind of goes to as the the pre-batman and i think this i think it tells the story a little better Mm -hmm. um yeah i'd I'd agree with that because i mean this is the closest we get to an origin story for for batman in the animated series and in the whole dcau essentially right um but i think the difference here is that it's not it's not really so much an origin story but i mean it's a a romance that's tied in with his origin and like so it has i think a bigger emotional resonance than say even like Batman Begins, which again I I love, mm. but it's really that's just doing a lot of narrative work that you kind of feel like had to be there to set the tone. Whereas this, mm-hmm. the the real juice of the story is tied in with these scenes, and it, it's I think yeah. it's the structure they put in there makes it more compelling than a traditional origin story. It makes it feel less like a traditional origin exactly. story. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also, I don't think Rachel is nearly as well written as Andrea is. Oh, fuck no, she's not. God no, maybe a little bit better in the Dark Knight. A little she bit. She explodes. A little bit. <laughs> there's, there's that. There's that. Uh, oh my god! Quick, my last side note for the next three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> That's optimistic. <laughs> um, in my high school, I don't know if I, I don't think I told this story yet. In my high school junior year, in our theology class, it was um, ethics and morality. Okay. Uh, everyone has to watch The Dark Knight as part of the... Yeah, it was awesome. That's kind of cool, Mr. actually. Mr. Parker, if you, I doubt you're listening to this, but you were an awesome theology teacher. What if he is, though? That'd be pretty cool. His name is uh, not Peter Parker, and everyone was really upset about that. What's his name? Uh, I don't remember. Mr. <laughs> Mr. Parker. God, it, it, it also begins, I think it's like Patrick. It also begins with P. He's going to be really disappointed when he listens to this. I know. I'm sorry, yeah. Mr. Parker. Um, Anyways. <laughs> but there's like a... you You know exactly when the the uh the junior year class watches this because they will all be walking down the hallway just going where's rachel where's rachel there's always that one <laughs> asshole who's like screaming it at the end of the hall of like where's rachel and someone else will scream no more dead cops and it's just like this nice like little bonding because like every senior knows exactly what's like, what's <laughs> going on funny. all the sophomores kind of know and they have something to look forward to and the freshmen are just like did everyone just watch the dark knight like, why are people doing this this movie's been out for four years already <laughs> See, while I was stressing out about girls and chemistry, Cameron was like, "Well, see, that's the thing. We didn't dream. have girls at our school. Yeah, that's bad. that you just oh, get rid yeah. of that, and it there, all goes, it all gets so much better." There's that. Yeah, yeah. that helps. <laughs> that would help. Replace girls with the Dark Knight. Yeah, and everything very gets very equal. Um, well, you my basically described my high school, like my <laughs> high school life. Um, uh-huh. so. <laughs> 
Um, where are we in the story, guys? Uh, so they're they're going on they're going on some dates and they're oh, going right. to the World's Fair. And I'm oh wait, no, that, wait, no, World's Fair is the no, second no. flashback. Yeah, <clears throat> damn it. Uh, the the Bron- first Bronsky. yeah the first flashback um, ends with them kissing oh, on yeah. the lawn. I think yeah. I think three days in no call. I thought you were dead. Yeah, I'm like I mean, that bitch. No, awesome. what? <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that was great. Yeah, but yeah. that was just like. She's like, Ooh, yeah. She's like, sassy. I'm not gonna take your dicking around here. Like, yeah. What? What's? What are we doing? We're not playing games. You're yeah. getting on the ground. And I'm getting on top of you. Uh, yeah. You're butler, leave. <laughs> yeah. I don't know your name yet, so you're just gonna be butler. <laughs> yeah. With your weird dark hair and your, With your weird tray dark of lemonade. <laughs> yeah. I want you to watch. <laughs> yeah, because I, I think that's basically where it, it cuts back to again. So we, we go from like Bruce with Andrea out in the bright sunshine, making out on the lawn, to him being alone in his office and mm-hmm. uh, Miss Bambi's dancing on the piano. Because um, then it goes to the, the second murder mm. oh, uh, out, right. at, out at Chucky Saul's grave. Mm-hmm. So uh, this time it's Buzz Bronski going to pay his respects, I guess. For his friend, he, he, he said some words. They weren't yeah, nice was, words. No, but they were words. Yeah, I mean, they were I think sentiments. It's like a mob thing. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think so. Um, like the gesture. But of course, mm-hmm. he's cornered and attacked by the phantasm. Um, and I, I didn't realize until watching this this time, he's literally killed by an angel of death. Yeah, I love oh, that. Yeah, because yeah, it was an angel of death. Yeah, because you know, it's you know, your angel. your angel of death awaits, and then he's crushed by a giant angel by tombstone. A giant, yeah, which is pretty great. Um, what else happens? Not, not too much. Uh, and then we go to the next flashback because uh, they're back no, no. At, oh. So then we go to um. Oh, Gordon. Wait, is this? Gordon? Oh no. Uh, first, it's Valestra reads in the paper that oh, both of his yeah. friends have been killed, and he makes the connection. Yes. So uh, my little tidbit of actor bitness here. I can't speak. Uh, do you guys know who voices? Valestra? Mm-hmm. As long as you're nodding, you know. He, of course do. you don't. You probably haven't seen this I didn't movie look it either. Up. I'm sorry. Who does he voice? Or who's uh, the voice? Dave Vigoda. Yes. Uh, who vo- voices uh, Tessio in Godfather 2. And one. Is he in one? Yeah, he's in one, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, anyways. But, yeah, bad. You, but yeah, yeah. The Godfather. Very memorable performance mm-hmm. by uh, by by uh, Abe Vigoda in... I think he's more memorable in two, probably. Yeah, probably. So, I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah great performance. Great I've actor. seen the first one. Okay, good. I was about... <laughs> you God. knew that question was coming. I knew God. it was coming. I just wanted to throw that out there. Chris I and I had Cameron by the, the legs and we were dangling him off of the balcony. Off of the balcony. Batman <laughs> style, actually. Yeah. You know, from this side, the fall won't kill you. Where so. going? <laughs> have you seen the guy? <laughs> I have. All right. So you've seen that. But then, yeah, um, so from there, Gordon storms out of the movie. Like, I'm not going to help you guys try and catch Batman. They try and catch Batman by putting the bat signal on, but he's done with this shit. He's off yeah, at the graveyard learned, investigating. Yeah. Um, oh, and okay, I got a question. So he, he at the graveyard, and he, he finds that the, the axe blade has the same chemical residue as a, a piece of glass from the opening scene. Does that ever go anywhere? I don't think so, no. right? Is that just his way of confirming that the murders are tied together? I think so. Okay, or is that just like because it's, it's whatever productive. that like smoke stuff is? Yeah, it's He's some like, sort of weird. Oh, they're using some kind of chemical. Adaptogenic, of course. Yes. Yeah. Uh, of course. <laughs> of course. I don't know. Yeah, because he doesn't figure it out until the very end. No, he doesn't. Um, and he makes no connection to what he's found. But so when he's at the graveyard, though, yeah. he sees Andrea talking to her mom's oh, gravestone yeah, again, right. and she immediately figures out that that's Batman. Which I didn't buy that she would, but then when I saw the second, fl- when I was reminded of the second flashback, and 
know that they have history in front of their gravestones. Yeah. Yeah, I would buy yeah, it. Yeah, it, it may be a bit of a stretch, but it kind of works. Yeah, it's okay. Um, but I love it because then Batman goes full stalker mode because she's, yeah. she's at dinner with Arthur. Binoculars. Yeah. In, in a weird way, I actually really like that scene just because it's yeah. not typical of Batman. Like, that's not his thing to, like, go and waste his time, like... Oh, and he loves wasting his time, but oh, not for a purpose. Yeah, he'll he'll waste his time for whatever reason. He just comes he'll to his He'll sit in a shipping crate for hours waiting for <laughs> villains to break it open. Yeah, but I mean, it, it helps set that this is like yeah. really, really personal for him. It's ripping him apart, yeah. kind of inside. Yeah, I mean, because you think about it, like, you know, his time would be better spent in trying to solve this murder or right. even Being just trying to, yeah, starting to solve crime somewhere else. But no, like, he's following her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's how much she means to him. Yeah. Um, yeah, because then that triggers our our second flashback, which yes, that's when they go the to the World's, World's Fair. Fair. Mm. I love Great. World's Fairs. I petitioned in college. It's been three minutes, thank God. I, I said I wasn't going to go on a tangent. Three minutes. Oh, okay. Um, I petitioned in college to make our senior show a World's Fair themed. Okay. I almost made it to the end just Aww. because of my like charming personality, and they realized I had like nothing to back it up. Oh. But I, I mean, that's impressive in of itself. It, it was fun. A lot of my friends can can tell you how much they hated me for that like presentation. Uh, what that I what gave. did the theme end up being? Not World's Fair. Uh, like, we'll see, it was like postcard themed. It was still. It was very well designed. That's fucking stupid. It what was, is that? What do you? But what, what do you mean, senior <clears throat> show? Uh, so in the design school, for the uh, the like okay. the seniors big kind of thing yeah. is we rent out a studio in downtown Kansas City and everyone gets like a section of wall and you get to display your work for all of the gotcha. uh for the first hour and a half it's just for professionals around the city they come in you know you have job inquiries all that kind of stuff and then the second hour and oh, a half awesome. friends and family can come in and see all the work that you've done yeah um but yeah I retrofuturism as I've brought up multiple times in this podcast is one of my favorite like, yeah not even just art styles but just like like genres of thing i don't even know how to classify it but it's so fascinating because it encompasses so yeah. much yeah i mean it could yeah you could be architecture architecture <clears throat> technology mm-hmm. um yeah all kinds yeah of and and like this leans really heavy into the retrofuturistic stuff yeah too. i mean I gotham in contemporary gotham already has this kind of weird timeless feel to it yeah because this it goes even stuff from Past and mm-hmm. Yeah, past. and this goes even further back. And I, I really love the the sequence out at the World's Fair. And it also, every time you see a World's Fair reference in a TV show or movie, they almost always reference the uh, 1964 World's Fair, mm-hmm. yeah. which is where the Epcot ball is from. Oh, but that's this right. one yeah. wasn't. This was the 1967 World's Fair. Oh, so I read that it was the 64 and the 39 World's Fair were the two that this took inspiration from. 69, yeah, that was the one. Um, no, they said 39. Yeah. And 64. 64 is the Epcot one. Yeah, that's this one then. Okay. I don't know. I could be wrong, or wherever I got that I information from. I could be wrong. I might be losing my touch on my on my World's Fairs. But yeah, yeah, those are the two that are just lost wrong. everybody. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. If, if that were the case, <laughs> no one would ever listen to this ever. <laughs> um, I'll get off my World's Fair talk. No, I'm, I'm just wrong. Yeah. I'm wrong. <laughs> but, I mean, like it, it feels kind of like... Um, what was the, was the Carousel of Progress? Was mm-hmm. the ride at Disneyland and Disney World for a long time before it became nothing? Is it still World? Mm-hmm. Really? Oh, that's awesome! But uh, it's like that that song, like it's a great big beautiful tomorrow, whatever. I've never been. I just know it's still there. Jesus Christ! I've been to World in twelve years. Don't roll your eyes at me. But you've been on the ride then. No. Yeah. How did you never go on the Carousel of Progress? Because I was twelve. <laughs> but it's like the kiddiest ride of all of them. Yeah, but it's not like a fun ride. 
It's so, a learning ride. I found it fun. When I <laughs> when I was 12, the only things I found fun were eating like snacks, drinking soda, and buying Yu-Gi-Oh cards at Japan at Epcot. Oh, my little brother likes Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah. It's not that bad. Liked Yu-Gi-Oh. I mean, we all liked Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh, I did I, not. I, I, didn't, I didn't watch Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah. yeah. It was more than just a show. No. It was a way of life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, Tune yeah. in next week for the next episode of our Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast. Oh, God, I'd kill myself. Don't even get me started. <laughs> oh, God, no, don't, don't give him ideas. <laughs> the Millennium items are bullshit. I'm not going <laughs> Oh, God. So they're at the World's Fair. Yeah. Uh, we get a glimpse of the future Batmobile. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was cool. That was I like, nice I like that little touch. Yeah. And I, what I also like here, too, is that so we, we get to see the World's Fair... Um, Back in its heyday, and then you know we get to see it again back in the contemporary times, and it's all run down and gone to shit. Um, and again, like I think they do such a great job of bringing this this theme of contrast in the past and the present. We get to see like this bright, hopeful future when the two of them are still together, and he's not oh, yet Batman, yeah. and she's not yet Phantasm. Um, and then you know where the climax is set again, the same place, and to see where they've both gone as people. Yeah, it's not hopeful. No, it's, it's not grim. Yeah. For a quote unquote kids animated movie, yeah. it's grim. But well, I mean, it's it's just sophisticated. Like I mean, yeah. even the show is like actually very adult. Going back and watching it now, and I think this even more so. And I think uh, what makes this movie so kind of standout-ish is it's kind of the only time we see a Batman or like a, a Bruce that might have found happiness and might have not become Batman. Yeah, and you yeah. could see like how you know how close he was. Mm-hmm. For that, for that future playing out, that optimistic future playing out for him. Yeah, and, yeah. and this is like kind of one of the last points where that's still an option. So, mm-hmm. like w- one of the quotes that I read about this was from Paul Dini, who said that he, part of the structure of the flashbacks was that every time you think that it's going to get better, it gets worse. And this is kind of where that happens. Like they're happy together at the World's Fair. You know, Bruce is saying like this isn't part of the plan. Right. He um, goes and meets uh, her dad. Her dad. Yeah. And he even turns to Alfred. It's like, what am I doing? What am I doing? <laughs> Yeah, so and um yeah, her dad Carl, so uh and Stacy Keach voices Carl, also voices the Phantasm, of course, trying to set up this mm-hmm. this red herring that we'll talk about later, I don't think really Spoiler works. Yeah. Um but so after they have that meeting and we see that Carl has some kind of sketchy connections, uh, like Valestra shows up again there too, mm-hmm. they're out walking around and Bruce sees a guy getting robbed and he has to jump in and and fight. He can't let that instinct go. Mm-hmm. And that itself, too, kind of feels like a turning point. Like, even when he's happy, he's still letting mm-hmm. this this burden get in the way. Yeah. yeah. He's got this, this, like, dry, this, like, driving passion inside him that he can't completely squelch. No. Yeah. yeah. There's, uh, there's two things I want to talk about really quick at mm-hmm. that point. Uh, one, they, like, even when it's not, like, him suffering through it, they're constantly hammering in that idea of, like, you have to stay with your family more than anything else. Yeah. Because even... Carl uh, says that to him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what, I wrote it down. There's nothing nothing more is more than important. Than yeah. Nothing is more important than family. Let me say it. I wrote it down. <laughs> oh, I don't have to write it down. I just know it at this point. Um, and and then that that fight scene is obviously beautiful. That, that, God, it's so the, good. One of my favorite... There's like three moments. Obviously, there's like those big moments to stand out. But <clears throat> there's three little moments in this movie that really jump out at me. And this was mm-hmm. the first one. It's the slow-mo punch off of the motorcycle it's amazing yeah i mean it's a step onto the motorcycle yeah yeah and, and that just, just that hero pose yeah, um, yeah. oh my god I mean, even even before he's traveled the world like bruce has got some skills yeah yeah 
Uh, and then the other thing that I wanted to bring up about this scene, I don't know if you found this in your notes. Uh, this was obviously spo- this was supposed to be a much bigger scene about his turning point. Okay. Um, and it's because he he kind of doled it down because he um, Paul Dini pretty much wrote every dark moment in this episode in this movie mm-hmm. because he would during the pre production of it when they were still writing. He was mugged and horribly oh. attacked. It was during oh. this. Yeah, it happened during. Because oh, I know this right. story, but mm-hmm. I didn't know it was during yeah. this. Yeah, because yeah. um, he talked about that on the the Nerdist podcast. Yeah, and then um, I've read his his graphic novel adaptation of that story, uh, Dark Knight. Which yeah, is really, really good. Man, that uh, was a great episode of that podcast. That was really good. Great yeah. story. Mm-hmm. Great story. Uh, but yeah, it was while he was writing this scene. Yeah, and so while he was oh, being wow, while right. he was yeah. healing, he kind of put himself a little bit into that into that moment mm-hmm. but he really wanted to focus on other moments to kind of intensify because i think okay. probably just didn't want to think about it that much yeah because i mean and there are other bigger more intense moments but i mean i i do like here though even that you know bruce is in the zone but it's andrea that distracts him mm-hmm. and like that's his fear right that he can't be out doing this sort of stuff there's someone waiting at home for him who's yeah. he can't put life on the line while someone is waiting for him at home exactly yeah. and then i put because he says that to Alfred, and I'm like, you're a fucking asshole. <laughs> 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 no wonder Alfred's hair went gray in just like in just that time. Yeah, yeah. Like, ten years. Yeah, because like he's been worried. <laughs> yeah, because he he basically just like leaves Andrea behind and goes back, and he's like ignoring her calls, and you know he's worried about straying from the plan. So then he goes and uh, you talk about <clears> intense <throat> moments. He goes to his parents' grave, and of course they respond as he's like telling them like, what do I do? With thunder strikes and lightning in the sky and the organ going, yeah. But I mean, that's oh, that scene. That's an amazing scene. It's so powerful. And I, I even is. wrote down that like the live action movies need to sh- stop with the shitty murder scenes. Yeah. Open up on this yeah. kind of thing, or like he's still battling the conflict of like I'm, I'm not doing enough. This isn't working. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's where you start a fucking Batman movie. That was, I mean, just the, I mean, the dialogue too, like his dialogue, his inner dialogue, which actually becomes external dialogue, is just so powerful. Oh yeah, I mean, I, that line, I, I think probably the most powerful line in the whole thing is like, I didn't count on being happy. Right, like that's insane. Right, but, like that's he never thought that would be an option. Yeah. All of a sudden, he's faced with it. Like yeah. that, he just assumed his whole life was gonna be this pain. Yeah, and he finally finds a way out. And like, I mean, that it, I tear up when I watch that scene. Sure. It's so good. It's so powerful. Yeah. yeah. And, and the fact that she's there and like, you know, <laughs> she says like, you know, maybe they sent me. Maybe yeah. Maybe I'm the answer you're looking for. And it's right, just yeah. like, and the fact that it, it, it then ends there too. Like that flashback ends that moment and it's just like, it's so intense and so powerful. You have that glimmer of hope of like, maybe he can yeah. be happy. Right, exactly. Yeah. Just when you think it's going to get better, you <laughs> see where, you see that it doesn't. <laughs> it, may n- it may not. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think that's, I, one of the best scenes in, in the whole thing. Yeah, for sure. And I, again, this is why I think this is the best Batman movie because, like, Cameron, your point's absolutely perfect. We've seen his parents die a whole bunch. That's not what drives him. It's not that they're gone. Or it's not that they were killed. It's that he's never gotten over that. Right. And that's it stays with him forever. It. Yeah, and that's also why he doesn't fucking kill people. Right. <sighs> and of all the people... So... Not gonna do it. We, we, we're not gonna do it. <laughs> not gonna um, do it. <laughs> we... We've seen already, I'm going to jump ahead just like a hair. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've seen already that Gordon is like fully in disbelief that Batman killed these people already. Yeah, there's no way. And right. the only other person in all of Gotham that doesn't believe that it's Batman is the, the fucking Joker. the Joker, because who else gets him? Yeah, I think that's amazing and kind of hilarious. Yeah. You know, like, that's not my Batman. 
<laughs> no. There's no way he'd be doing that. That's not my did boo. Because like, his first like, did I finally cause him to do that? Yeah, and he's like, he takes it as like such a compliment. Um, yeah. Of like, oh my gosh, I'm so honored. He <laughs> killed someone. Yeah, oh, right. Finally. Yeah, because uh yeah, because once we, we come out of the flashback, like Valestra now is trying to figure out what to do. His friends are getting killed, he knows he's next. He assumes Batman's after him. He tries to go to Arthur for help, and Arthur doesn't give a shit. Um and then um, you know, Batman figures out that they're all connected. And I love this moment too, because he mentions uh O'Neill funding Corbin Adams tool and die, which who are those references to, Cameron? Neil, Adam, Tool, and God, die. it's such a fucking softball. <sighs> Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams. We've talked about them all the time. Have we? They're like the creative team from the 70s that brought Batman back. They created oh, Ra's al Ghul. Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. I was thinking April O'Neil. <laughs> 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 I was like, are they other TV shows? Grab like, his leg. Grab his leg. Grab his leg. other things that Bruce <laughs> Tim might have worked on? I think you and I can take it from here, right? We can just... <laughs> We can just get rid of I'll leave my notes. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go to Chick-fil-A. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So, but anyways, uh, Batman is now going to go try and figure out what Velastra has to do with all of this. And uh, he's clearly also going to go stalk Andrea. Because mm-hmm. Alfred's like, oh, you're going to go go see her after you go see them. It's like, Shut up. Also, yeah, I love how he's just like, he acts like such a moody teenager a in those child. scenes. Yeah. Is yeah. that the diaper your bottom? Exactly. Yeah. You think you know me so well. And yeah, that's Alfred's response. Yeah, but, okay. So I didn't, I didn't get under, literally understand what Alfred was saying. I literally played that part back three times, didn't get it, and I had to turn on the, sub, the subtitles to see, he, see, read him say, I yeah. diapered your bottom. It, it took yeah. me many years to understand some parts of the dialogue so, in this movie. So hang on. So, so the Wayne's. The Waynes made their butler change their baby's diaper. I w- if I had billions of dollars, I'm not. I don't think that's what a butler does. Well, I mean, he, but he was more than. I mean, he's not. He's more than just the uh, the kitchen and dining room, which, according to Clue, is what a butler does. Uh, no, like he was kind of like. I mean, he was part of the their family, assistant? kind of. Yeah, I mean, he the was pet. just. He was like the pet. Yes, that's exactly it. <laughs> he was um, the pet Brit. Yeah, that's what billionaires do. They have their pets, dogs, cats. British people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> ocelots change, yep. the, ocelots. Yeah, change the underwear, yeah, change yeah. the diaper of their children. So, But yes, uh, Alfred, Alfred's seen it all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, yeah, so, so Batman goes to, I, I think that's Velestra's place. It didn't look like Velestra's place that we've seen in other scenes, but he, he finds a picture of the three mob bosses and Andrea's father. And that triggers flashback number three. Yeah. Where, again, we think things are going to go well. He proposes to her. The world's shittiest proposal. You're Bruce fucking Wayne. You don't yeah. have to do that much So this, much like, upset me way more than it needed to. Especially because, like, the scene right afterwards is when she sends the ring back. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, he doesn't even do anything romantic. He's like, here, I have this box. You know what it means. Hands it to her. She opens it, sees the ring. And he's like... Kind of on it. He looks like he's in a squat and on a knee. <laughs> no, I mean, he got well, down. He well, got down. Well, hang on. He's also like walking around the cliffs over the ocean at his mansion. Yeah. Tucked way up in Gotham. Like that That alone is a pretty romantic spot. So let's give him some points there. But that, he's not going anywhere. That's still his property. Yeah. But he's, he's also. He's going out back. He's going to his backyard. To yeah. Propose. But he has a nice ass backyard. I mean, people have proposed in their backyards before, I'm sure. Right by saying those. Well, Well, I mean, let's not. Well, I mean, Bruce at this point is not is not Bruce Wayne. 
is not like single billionaire playboy Bruce. That's actually Wayne. a really good it's point. A yeah. That's a character that he plays. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I mean if and if he and like I think this is what one of the things that Christian Bale did well was like he's kind of a weird intense guy. Yeah. And so this is like kind of his best effort at Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yes, he okay. doesn't know how to be a normal person. This Fine. is this is his attempt. But I, I do love that when she says yes, of course, all the bats fly out of which the I cave. loved. Again, so the good. melodrama works. Yeah. It works and it's so nice to see it work. It's like, okay, fate with a capital F is like personified oh, with yeah. these bats. Like you think that it's almost like uh, like the the Greek concept of the of the hamartia, the the um, the, not the tragic flaw, but the inherent quality that makes one doomed. He okay, can't, right? Like he, he, it's you think you you think you have control. You don't. You don't. Here comes fate with a capital F and going. I'm sorry, I gotta I gotta throw these bats right now because yeah. because it's, this is this is going to ha- not going to happen. Yeah, you're you're yeah. straying too far away from the plan. It's so perfect, um, right? Yeah, and then the, love that the next day you see that she like gives the ring back. My first thought was like, "Yeah, you've got to fucking propose, right, you piece of shit? <laughs> <laughs> Do it again." Yeah, yeah he's like, gonna saw tell- the bats and like. Yeah. Yeah, she told her dad of like, oh, how'd he do it? He's like, oh, he just gave me a box. He's like, oh, was it like full of like roses or doves? Like, no, just had the ring. (laughs) Conversation with her and her dad, and and then what happened? And then like, was this part was a little weird, but a bunch of bats flew out of this like crevice in the ground. I I was was the moment then where they're just like all the bats are gone. They're like. Well, that was weird. <laughs> does that does that happen often? Yeah. yeah. I mean, kind of. Yeah. Some, every once in a while, they're just yeah. floating around here. But yeah, so they, um, yeah. yeah, Bruce is, he's exploring what will become the Batcave and he gets the ring back. Um, and then that's the turning point, right? So then it's from there to, I, this must be, is this one of your other favorite moments in the movie when the, the first time he puts the mask on? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, my, my second favorite moment is the tombstone scene. Okay. With the music. Yeah. Oh. I do love the mask because that is like yeah. awesome. But I, my, my third favorite scene is coming is right after okay. this. Okay. Yeah. Cause I, I, this is one of my favorite scenes too. Cause like he, he goes in, he's gotten the news and this is, this is a turning point. Like yeah. it, it, he, he goes from boy to man in this. Yeah. In this so okay, he's down in the cave and it's all done in silhouette and he's, so we see the cape. He holds out his hand. Alfred happens to the mask. He puts it on. He turns around and Alfred's like, my God. Yeah. And I love it. So You're one a monster. Well, yeah, I mean, one of the notes I have was from Michael Reeves, one of the directors, who says that you know when when Bruce puts it on for the first time, Alfred says that because it's terrifying for him. I mean, it's this 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 boy he raised who is just succumbed to the darkness. Yeah, and it's kind of that. It's beyond just the fact that this is a, a fearful presence, no matter where you are, what happens. Yeah, but it's the the reality that it's done. Yeah, the it's. Okay, yeah, <laughs> it's a turning point that he is now forever on this path. He lost his chance to be happy. Um, it's, oh, it's and it's just the, the the silhouette and the music. It's it's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. So um, that that frame of when he is that frame of when he is when he is holding when he's he's just like standing and he's holding the cowl in his hands. Yeah. And that that, that I mean that I plan on freezing and making like the backdrop. Yeah. To my yeah. computer. It's. I, I don't know. I, again, the the whole movie is packed these really powerful moments. Most of them are visual, mm-hmm. too. Oh yeah, it's, it's very visual and very um, the music. Like we we talked about it multiple times already, but like they nail every kind of these big moments with these like these crescendos that just really kind of pull you. And I, like you said, it it doesn't really work in live action. 
with this with this deep organ but like in this moment you see it and you believe it you fully are immersed in that scene of he's bruce is gone mm. now now yeah. we have batman right he's batman first mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and and i love it too because you know obviously in the 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 flashbacks this this alternative timeline sort of thing uh, we kind of reach this this huge escalation point and then of course we get back to the the normal timeline and escalation point here because who does Velestra go seek out to get some help with his bat problem just when you think the movie can't get any better mr j <laughs> oh my god comes I, in and hits a home run right off right leading off i mean yeah yeah, yeah i mean his introduction again we're, we're back at the world's fair completely run down decrepit abandoned the joker does love his uh, uh abandoned things places that were once fun yeah yeah, yeah, yeah and meant for children and not anymore uh-huh. Um, yeah, it's all the big statues start going off, and the song goes off, and he just riddles the whole thing with bullets, and just just comes out of nowhere, and he's just so intense. Comes out of the shadows. Yeah, yeah. He's got that big grin on his face, and I even love like the the little joke that he says to a uh, like <gasps> Valestra that oh. Uh... Mi casa nostra es su casa yes. nostra. Yes, so that's the line of the movie for me. Yeah, that was my favorite line of the whole movie. I was laughing like hard at yeah. that. Like that's good. That's good writing. That's really clever. That's yeah. really clever. And Joker. I mean, there's multiple characters in this movie that are written that cleverly, but especially Joker. Yeah. And like, you can't only have that. And he he. His inflection and his cadence and the way that Mark Hamill plays with the sounds in his lines is just masterful. Yeah. It's, um, this movie is a masterclass in voice acting from him. Oh, no, oh, it yeah. absolutely is. And, and you can tell that this is clearly why they brought Paul Dini in because, you know, every pretty much every Joker episode at this point in the show is all Paul Dini and he just knows how to write the character so well. And I, I, I think this is the best version of the Joker we see in anything. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. This is... Especially the end, it's like that's the best Joker laugh we're ever gonna get. Oh yeah, and and I guess scene. you know one of the things I read about this was that they they didn't want to bring the Joker in originally because they didn't want to remind people of the '89 movie or draw too many comparisons. But they kind of realized they could do something in this movie that they couldn't do in others. And I, I imagine what that meant was that he's a supporting character. We're halfway through and he shows up. It, the movie's not about him like you know the '89 movie was. Mm-mm. He just he's a supporting character until he becomes central because you can't bring in a character like that and not have them be incredibly important unless you're writing suicide squad and so hey yo that's just uh, <laughs> throwing it down had to get it had to get it in there somewhere i mean i made it an hour before i said it so yeah. that's pretty good um but yeah i i love him in this i yeah. think he's absolutely amazing this is my my third favorite scene that okay we're finally here um and it's the most like like nothing moment nothing happens in this moment it's right when val is like or sal is like I need your help with something. And mm-hmm. he spring, literally springs oh, into frame. Yes. And it's oh. the smallest bit of cartoonness. It's like, oh, I'm here for business. Oh, business. And I fucking, I paused it and just lost it for yeah. a good minute. I'm like, that is perfect. <laughs> it's perfect. I loved it so much. Yeah. It's just at that point when you have that, you can, all of like, all the laws of gravity and physics yeah, the movie is adhering to goes out the window because this character has you in its in his spell. You're yeah. just like, yeah, perfect. He's yeah. here. He boing-oings. Perfect. Yeah, I mean, he, I think he is uh, at his funniest and at his most menacing in this movie. He's scary. Yeah. He's yeah. scary as hell. Yeah. He's, he's, I mean, he's always played for laughs, but here, yes. like, he is genuinely funny and genuinely terrifying. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Um, God, I mean, even, you know, even when he, when, 
Philester basically, you know, says, "Can you help me?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, I can help you with my old pal." You know, that's what I want to see is this smile. And you're like, "Oh, that's yeah, that, that's that's not going to go well." Yeah. yeah. Um, and of course we see that because you know he sets a, a trap. So the phantasm shows up at Velestra's house and goes to confront him and finds dead Velestra with this huge grin. Really, really creepy and an really intense creepy. moment too, like really a scary creepy. moment. And you see that like sad little old man's smile turn into this like demented grin. Yeah. And yeah. And then and again and then and then that's, that is yeah. a, a followed by I think my second favorite line of the movie, which is like uh your you know, his your something will be all over Gotham. Oh, it's like, like oh it's your your, your name your, your spleen, your yeah. head. And it's just like, oh, it's gonna happen. And it, yeah, the whole thing. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, your name will be all over town. Oh, right, yeah, right, not right. to mention. Yeah, it, that it's so it's so good. And then of course the 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 chase sequence that follows that too. Oh, yeah. God, I mean, talk about beautifully animated and intense. And and so, I mean, technically we're not supposed to really know that that's Andrea at this point. So that yeah. part's not there. But even just the pure mystery of it, that this villain who's going through and killing people. Yeah. And Batman's going after him, and just the way. I mean, they are kind of equals in this sense if if anything the phantasm actually has the edge because well, remember he disappears i remember thinking about thinking that like honestly like the first time i watched that movie i watched the movie i remember clearly thinking to myself i don't see how batman is going to beat this guy yeah because i for, first of all a, this this is a comic book world a is it a ghost is it the, some supernatural thing i don't yeah, know because it's played it's played it's a played, whole bunch yeah, of elements like he's supernatural like fantasy, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. uh and yeah this this chase scene um you really see Batman kind of torn to his last leg to get out of this. Like oh, he, yeah. He uses every trick he has to escape. Yeah. And you see him both mentally and physically exhausted, like fully yeah. depleted. Down. Yeah. He finally gets out, and Andrea is there to help. Yeah, because the, the phantasm disappears. He The Batwing is, like... Uh, is, is compromised. Compromised, the, the, let's call it that. Yeah, it is yeah. at the construction site. And, like, yeah, I mean, I there's that, that decoy he uses, which... Wouldn't really work if you stop and actually think about it, where he like he puts the cowl over the the sawhorse, yes. and but it's also such an awesome sequence. Again, the the music, which could be distracting, but I think in this case just really brings the whole thing up. And yeah, I mean he he's pushed the limit. He he literally has to give up his his cowl, escaping mm-hmm. cowl, to try and escape. If he gets caught at this point, he's fucked. Game over. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, the stakes are so high when he's on the run from the cops trying to get out of there. And yeah, he's only saved the last minute by Andrea. And it's such an intense scene. And my God, is it yeah, so that's, this damn is another good. one that I think like movies could really adapt this well. Cause like in, in Begins, we had the, the kind of suspenseful escape scene, which was taken from year one. Where he's kind of carried out by oh, the yeah. bats. Yeah, he uses the bats to yeah. escape out of Arkham. Yeah. Um, which is like creative, but that stupid sonar thing in his boot. Because isn't but, that but where that, they? But that was from Year One, though. Yeah, it was I know. the same thing. I mean, I I know, but uh, that's still kind of like I, I don't like that. I, I, don't like I that agree gadget. with you though. Like it's it, that one step too far. You think? A little believability. Bit. Believability. I mean, I'm I'm fine like completely believing anything in the show, but like. Seeing that and seeing this, like this is what I want to see. I yeah. I understand that like you got to go with the bat thing and the themes, but like this is the escape I want to see. Yeah. I want to see him like life on the line, beaten, torn, blood, 
Yeah. 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 Blood. Yeah. yeah right. That's, Blood. That's Broken all, bones. That's all Kevin really wants. Just yeah. bloody bat. But I mean, again, the what makes this stand out like so many of these moments is that there is genuine emotion and tension mm-hmm. tied into it that I I think is not necessarily present and even like, you know, begins where it's like, oh, this is like, how is he going to do it? Kind of like, oh, this yeah. is going to be like a cool moment. This is like, no, this is actually really intense. Mm. Um, but so, of course, Andrea saves him. It looks like maybe they might be getting back together. Mm-hmm. We get a wonderful repeat of Alfred's uh, surprise. Oh, I should be elsewhere face. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we... Oh, my. That's his inner monologue. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's how he talks to himself. Yeah, yeah. He's developed his own language over the years. A lot of time spent by himself in the Batcave, dusting, just muttering to himself. Right, right. Um, but we go to our, our fourth flashback where uh, Andrea's explaining that they had to flee the country because her dad screwed over the mobsters and they were out to kill him. Um, which, so this is the one part of the movie that doesn't work for me. So that set up, sets up Carl's motive. So he is supposed to be the red herring of the movie. Yeah. Do you guys think that whole thing actually works? Like at any point when you're watching this, do you ever feel like, Oh, I suspect it might be her dad. Um, uh, kind of. Yeah. My my problem was I knew who she was before. Right. But if I was watching this live, I would have definitely thought it was either Carl or um the the attorney Arthur. Arthur, yeah. Mm. Those are the two that I would have put it on before I would have put it on Andrea. Okay. Uh, what about you, Vasilius? What um, do you think? He, I'm, well, A, I'm afraid you're going to make me look silly by the evidence that you're going to provide in a minute. Oh, man. <laughs> two, uh... I'm, Hold on to your seat. I'm, You're yeah. about to look stupid. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have both taken improv with me. That wouldn't be the first time. Two, I, I don't. I I'm historically bad at falling for that kind of stuff. Okay. So yeah, I did buy it. Okay. I did no, buy it. I'm honestly, I'm glad to say that I, I don't have like some big like boom. You're here's a evidence fucking to why idiot. You're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> like for me, <laughs> boom. You're an idiot. <laughs> For me, it's it's never worked. It's it's never worked. I mean, again, I knew who the character was going in. I mean, I I know that there was there's kind of this whole big thing about when they uh, I think it was Kenner when they released the toys, they packaged the phantasm with her mask off. So they yeah, like, I read damn that. it, they spoiled it. <laughs> they spoiled it. Here's the pen. <laughs> Check that one off. <laughs> Stupid, I'm getting out of here. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that all came through, which is good. All the all the sounds. <laughs> but so I mean. So I, I, maybe that was the case. Maybe I just knew going in because of the yeah. toy or whatever. But I, I don't. For me, I don't think that element of the plot works. I, I don't. I think they almost need to make that more pronounced that he might be the red herring. But I'm glad that it works for you guys because just it it didn't work for me. Um, but yeah. So that at this point now, Bruce is just convinced that it's her dad. Also, at the same time, you're not if you're not expecting a twist. Right. Yeah. Either. That's it's true. It's a, kid, yeah. it's a kids show. Yeah. That's a fake mystery. Like the audience has to know by now. We're right. we're two thirds through the movie. It's obviously who we think it is uh-huh. now. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So it, so, but Bruce is kind of convinced that it's her dad. They are clearly on the path to get back together. And then he's looking at that old photo, and he realizes, oh shit, the remaining person in that photo is a pre transformation Joker. Mm. I want to know. Oh, so he's damn. like, he's like, immediately knows how to draw the face. I want to yeah. know how many photos he goes through. It's like draws the Joker's mind. No, that's not him. No, damn it. That's why they'll never let him back into the Louvre. Yeah. Just <laughs> yeah. So he, um, we. Oh, so then um, the Joker confronts Arthur in his office again. Really intense and genuinely really terrifying because um, he breaks in and poisons Arthur. 
and doesn't kill him like he does with Velestra, but I mean, yeah. he's... Which I think is interesting. It, it is interesting. this is the first time we see, like, how the doctors handle a laughing patient. Yeah, because they, they're yeah. just trying to sedate as much as possible, and I, I guess the implication there is that eventually it'll wear off. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do think it's interesting that the Joker left him alive. I mean, obviously he had to for plot reasons, but mm-hmm. but it's also, I mean, you can also, like, the Joker, he would. He would kill some people and leave other people right. yeah. going. Yeah, torture some others. Yeah, but so Batman goes and figures out that, okay, like... The, the, the scene also, I thought, the, was, yeah, was, was kind of funny, because, like, the doctor's like, just try and stay calm, just, like, oh, yeah. don't don't get too excited. Batman, Batman, this is the time when Bruce needs to come in and talk to him. Like, hey. you established early in the movie that you know each other. Yeah. Hey, Arthur, how's it going, old buddy? Yeah. yeah. I heard you met up with the Joker. How would that go? That must have been horrible. Did he say anything? Yeah. <laughs> so, by the way, do you know anything about Carl Beaumont? Don't break in yeah. as, Bruce, as Batman. But, I mean, I, I th- it's our, probably, I don't know, second, probably the second... Maybe the third scariest slash most disturbing moment in this movie is wa- is watching and listening to Arthur not be able to stop laughing. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's like like literally like your heart drops. Uh, not literally, but figuratively, your heart drops. Yeah, it's, mine did. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, again, like it, that's the great thing about being able to break out of like the traditional kids format and i think the longer this universe runs they're able to do that i think by the time you get to like justice league and even batman beyond mm-hmm. you're getting kind of the the darker more sophisticated storytelling um that we see in this movie but where we are in the series so far we haven't haven't quite right in there yet um but so this explains the the fifth and final flashback guys <laughs> which is just purely andrea like going back home and realizing that her father's his father has been killed by the joker so uh, she's off to go kill the last person on her list, the Joker, back out at the decrepit World's Fair. And so begins an amazing fucking climax of this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry. That was an open invitation for you guys. Uh, no, guys, about it. that's it. I think we're going to end the podcast there. <laughs> um, uh, you can I'm find us at Tim Talk on. <laughs> Well, I have more uh, <laughs> more trivia to steal from Cameron, so I'm going to keep talking. That's but fine. I, I'm just going to rip out. Yeah, this but so I, you know, I love. She, she goes in to confront the Joker. He knows who she is um, right off the beginning. They get into a fight. One moment I love is that uh, you know she's punching him and he's like on the table and he's reaching back behind him. Oh, it's the, and, and there's so there's good. the knife. There's yeah. two items. There's a a big uh, thing of bologna. Yeah. And then there's a butcher knife. And he, what is he going to grab? Boom with the bologna in the face. Yeah. You have to. He has to take the joke. Yeah. Yeah. Always. That's how Joker is. No, every time. And then uh, yeah, uh, Bruce saves Andrea from getting sucked into a giant fan by throwing his bat bike into it. So, yeah, um, they're all in there. He's, like, trying to shoo Andrea away. Yeah. Um, and one of the lines that I really enjoyed in the scene is what will – he's, like – she's, like, I have to kill him. I have to give vengeance. Yeah. He's, like, what will vengeance solve? And there's that pause, like – you of all people should know what vengeance like you of all people should know how to answer that question yeah and like he kind of does but and i I mean i think that's what makes him interesting which we didn't it's only kind of now that this sort of theme pops up between the two of them but bruce doesn't really want vengeance right like he he's trying to um like it's kind of like scratching an itch he has this pain he's trying to find a solution to that um yeah but what I think is interesting is he doesn't really want vengeance, but what I like is that Andrea thinks they're on the same path, even though they're clearly not. Enough so that it makes Bruce question himself. Like, mm-hmm. really, where, like, how similar are we, really? Yeah. We're both yeah. on this quest to avenge our parents. Yeah. Well, even, like, even when he's on... So uh, 
uh, uh, Joker has a jetpack that he's kind of flying around, uh-huh. uh, and Batman jumps on. And he's like, "What are you trying to do? You're going to kill us if you don't let go." Yeah. And Batman even says, uh, "What Joker says? Let go, or we're going to die. We're both going to die." And he says, "Whatever it takes." Yeah. And I'm like, "Oh shit! He wants to kill him." Yeah. I mean, think about everything he's like lost at this point, mm-hmm. right? And that it's all coming back. He's been able to spend ten years avoiding Andrea and that like that chance of happiness, and all of a sudden she's back. She's become him, but worse. I'd be pretty pissed too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's intense. And I like, think I wonder if he also sorry to cut you off. No, no. I think he also thinks like if podcast. he gets yeah, it's my fucking podcast. <laughs> oh. There will be no blowing Cameron <laughs> off the mic <laughs> on this day. Oh. I also I wonder if there's like the thought going through his head of this is Andrea's last person. If he gets rid of him, will he have that chance of happiness again? Will, oh, right. Will that pull her out of the the abyss? No, oh, that's enough true. For yeah. him to like help. Oh, that's a good point. That's interesting. Yeah, question. maybe. Uh, wait, are you saying like if she, if oh if she kills him, will that bring her back? If she kills the Joker, will it let her? Yeah. If he if he kills the Joker, if either of them killed the Joker, will that bring back the potential happiness will that pull her out of the abyss oh, that she's fallen into yeah. but of course if she were to do that he could never she i mean he would have to take her in because she will she'd be just like the joker at that point yeah i mean so, yeah that's that's the problem that's yeah. the, the great speech at the very end with alfred yeah. i think and then, like that's why this that. movie works is because it actually asks some like genuine like moral questions i think maybe less ham-fistedly than maybe even the nolan movies do mm-hmm. um you know because like the whole yeah the whole place goes up in a massive explosion and then yeah they're they're back at the cave and that's the great thing and we see why bruce needs alfred too and i actually like this moment too because he alfred calls him bruce which doesn't actually happen that often like yeah that struck me too because it's so out of the ordinary yeah i mean it it just goes to show that they have they have a dynamic they have like a repartee right but in real moments of impact they let it go yeah yeah and it's i think alfred kind of at his most fatherly Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, In this, this was. I think this might have been my favorite Alfred moment oh, of yeah. the entire series. Yeah, I mean, it shows why he's there, why he's so important, why he like really, really matters. And yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, as Alfred says, like he's not just a butt wiper. No, he does more than just dive for his bottom. But yeah, he even says like you know, Andrea didn't want to be saved, and that he's always been afraid that Bruce will fall into that same pit. And he mm-hmm. he yeah. toes line, but he never did. But you know, Andrea yeah. I've was always lost. fear that you become what you fight against. You walk the edge of the abyss every night, but you haven't fallen in. Yeah. Cut to a wide shot of the this of an actual game, hole in the game, ground. Game yeah. chasm of the, <laughs> in the bad game. Yeah. That hole I wasn't where you're gonna fall. That hole that, yeah. right there behind you. Imagine your life is like, well, look behind you. Yeah, and you know <laughs> when you're doing your acrobat trick on the tightrope, I'm really worried you're gonna fall <laughs> off the tightrope into <laughs> the chasm okay. in the cave. Still not getting it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the I have a question about the trivia here. Mm-hmm. When they're when they're fighting um, in the, the the models of the buildings. Oh yeah, yeah. I didn't understand. Like, I guess it was a trivia to like some some sets or something that were in it, the. Th- I didn't understand. So that, it, that was it a, reminded me of King Kong or Godzilla. That's what I thought. Okay, right? so what it was, it was an homage to the like the Dick Sprang era, which would have been like the 60s, like fifties and sixties, um, which is kind of like the the more fun kind of pulpy poppy. Sort of era in the comics. In the comics, yeah. So oftentimes in the comics, uh, Batman would be like squaring off against his rogues galleries, and the cover would be like them giant amongst the city. This sort of exaggerated thing. So it's a direct reference to that. Got it. Um, Okay. Yeah, and so like they they do a similar thing in uh, the new Batman Adventures episode, Legends of Dark Knight, when they're like um, fighting the Joker in the like giant music museum. 
don't know if you guys remember that episode. The I do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's I also do. a reference to Dick's Brain, that kind of era of gotcha, stuff. But gotcha. yeah, so that, that, that was a deliberate pull. That's a great fight sequence, too. The two yeah. of them, like, oh, giants yeah. fighting him. Uh-huh. Him just, like, waddling inside the giant building. I oh, yeah. I love that little, oh, that no. little moment. Oh, my God, when he's, like, behind the building and he's, like, holding yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, it's so good. I, I suppose at some point we should kind of wrap towards an ending here. Maybe we'll try and get it done, like, I mean, it only took us, what? 80 minutes for us to talk about a 70 minute movie. Yeah. I mean, yes, we're, 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 that's true. Well, yeah. We're, we're almost we're pretty much on there. So we'll, we'll, we'll kind of wrap it up here, but I think, yeah, I, I think for me, the, the ending of this is like, just so perfect. I mean, it's bittersweet. So yeah, Bruce discovers the, um, Andre's locket that has a picture of the two of them in, in the bat cave. Um, but what I love is, so then it, it, it cuts to a, an ending shot we've seen in a lot of other mediums. I mean, it's very similar to the end of the 89 movie. It's some the end of Batman begins where he's, like back out in the city and the the bat signal goes off and he races towards it. I still think this is the best version of that. I was really hoping kind of uh, when he kind of like you see the head go up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I was kind of hoping the first time I watched this that it was going to end on that famous shot from the animated or from the TV title sequence where it was going to be like him standing on the building and the, and the, the lightning flash of lightning go behind him. I was really hoping that, that, that was cool. going to like the cool, full yeah. cycle of like, this is where we're always starting. It comes back around. Yeah. Like they, they show two criminals break into like a bank and then he's off. Yeah. yeah. That actually would have been kind of clever. That would have been pretty cool. Yeah. But I, I really, I just, I love the way it ends right perfect. there. Yeah. I mean, because I mean, it, you think about this, this is a long episode of a TV show. He's back where he started. They had this massive, like deeply emotional arc. But at the end of the episode, nothing has really changed. Right? Yeah, it's just back to work. Back to work. But I think that works for Batman because mm-hmm. he's, he's never going to stop doing this sort of thing. But I think now that that journey he's on and that relentlessness has more impact than it did beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've actually burned through almost all of my trivia. Fuck yeah, let me pull up my... <laughs> <laughs> um, so the only, I, I got a few little bits here. I mean, just... Got it. Um, got it. Let me see got here. It. Got it. Yeah, uh, so, one I mean, the, the, general, the general idea, I mean, it's like this whole movie was basically made by, like, the brain trust of the show. So, uh, directed by Eric Rodomsky and Bruce Tim, But there, there were um, sequence directors, too. And so that's all the guys we see pop up all the time. So, like, uh, Kevin Altieri, Boyd Kirkland, um, Paul Frank, Frank Paul. Mm, you're, you're the name guy. I should know these things. I didn't write them down. I'm pulling these off the top of my head. Um, it's pretty good for us. Yeah. Oh, and then of course, like, you know, Alan Burnett was one of the writers. And so, um, you know, when he sat down to do this, he wanted to, as you mentioned before, do a story that was separate from the rogues gallery, but he wanted to do a love story because that hadn't really been done on TV. I, I, I think it really fucking works. Yeah. Do I have, Oh, I mean, I guess Orson Welles's citizen Kane was a point of reference. Mm-hmm. Was that one of yours? No. I'm literally going through. I, was, I, I knew you were going to sit down. <laughs> I knew you were going to do that one, so I didn't write it down. <laughs> yeah. So the only thing I have is that it's a, a loose adaptation of Batman Year One and Year Two. Mm-hmm. Did you write anything about Year Two? Uh, very little. It's, okay. Um, basically... I don't know anything about Year I've Two. I've never read Year Neither, Two. I probably I didn't know I... it existed yeah, until I, I read about it. If I really like... cared about this podcast, I would have read it in preparation, but I haven't. Did you write? Like, I wrote down the basic beats. Do you have anything? Uh, about I wrote it? the same thing, but you can talk about it. Okay. Sure. I have another point that I want to bring okay, up. Okay, okay, fine. Let me get this real quick. So, yeah, so I mean, we've seen the year one stuff, Bruce in like an early version, pre costume, stuff like that. So, but I guess in, in year two, uh, there's characters of Judson Caspian, who's the Reaper, and his daughter, Rachel Caspian. So, those are the kind of inspiration for Carl and Andrea Beaumont. Um, the story is really fucking bizarre. I, I got it down to its basic bones, but basically, the Reaper was the first vigilante in Gotham, and he's willing to kill. And he has been gone for a long time, but after Batman kind of 
shows up on the scene in year one. He comes back. He almost kills Batman in a fight. So then Batman considers using the gun that killed his parents on the Reaper. So apparently he just keeps that gun in that cave or the house somewhere. Mm-hmm. So he takes it with him as if he's going to kill the Reaper. He ends up agreeing to work with all the criminals because they're like put off by the Reaper and he's like fucking up their business. So he gets teamed with Joe Chill, who mm-hmm. killed his parents, right? Yeah, this was an actual story. What year is this? This would have been the late 80s, early 90s. I forget oh. the exact year. But, it, I mean, it was after year one, which was in the 80s, yeah. right? So, uh, basically, shenanigans ensue. The Reaper is presumed dead. And then Batman confronts Chill and is planning on killing him with his own with the gun that killed his parents. Oh, boy. Uh, for just really on-the-nose poetic justice. But before he can, the Reaper shows up, because he's not actually dead, shoots and kills Joe Chill, and then apparently falls to his death. And... While all this has been going on, Bruce has been dating the Reaper's daughter, Rachel, and when she finds out that her dad is dead, she just decides to go become a nun and leaves him yeah. and breaks off their engagement. Oh, I was going to say nun. Yeah, probably nun. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, because there is absolutely zero subtext or <laughs> anything else in this. They made a lot of really good improvements oh my when gosh. they adapted this storyline. The Lord. Mm-hmm. Woo. Um, Cameron, that is the extent of my trivia. Fuck yeah, it's my turn. Uh, I guess the only point that you've left me. Oh, uh, t- 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 <laughs> yeah, I think. Um, so we should just wrap this. So this uh, is really interesting because it is it. It is. It's okay. very fascinating. Chris. Okay, go go on. Uh, not the fact. It's, it's kind of interesting. Yeah. This was ground zero for the like overused story that we see in all. 2000s superhero films of superheroes wanting to drop the cape for a girl. If you look at... No, it's not. What was before this? Superman 2. (laughs) Cameron is actually getting up. Actually walking to the door. Actually opening it. Can't unlock it. (laughs) Cannot unlock it. Having difficulty. Coming back in defeat. Um, spinning his phone like he does, sitting back in. Okay, wait, but so where where did you read that this was the start of that trope? In my mind. Oh. <laughs> yes. I thought. Whatever. Nope. Superman. A bit, to be fair, though, Superman one and two. Superman's. Superman's. Superman. Yeah. Superman movies. <laughs> yeah. Superman movies one and two. Uh, they they did all these things first. The the prolonged. Intro: The uh, hero trying to give up his um, heroness for a girl, which Bruce doesn't really, because it's before he's Batman that he. Yeah, whatever. What do you have to plug, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, 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 Vasilius, why don't you? Uh, well, hang on. Before we go, do we have anything else to actually say about the movie? I mean, um, camera doesn't. So I just yes, uh, shit it, all over him at this point. Kids, if you haven't seen this movie, watch it and love it and enjoy it. Do not watch the credits, or you will get the worst. Oh, nineties sax a ballad. Yeah, um, uh, uh, some jazzy tunes from Tia Carrera there. Why now? In, now this is a phenomenon that occurs. Pretty it's all, camera. It's all right, it's buddy. So sad. <laughs> it's all right, buddy. <laughs> because it's a phenomenon that occurs in. You wanted lo- more conflict in the podcast. <laughs> in lots of '90s action movies, not lots of '90s action movies. Oh so, yeah. yeah, don't watch the credits no. uh, or mute them, and um, just maybe play the score from Batman Returns. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, that might be fun. Um, just even you know, open up Spotify and play this score some more. Yeah, because just so, play the opening theme again. Yes, yeah, God, play the opening oh, theme again. But yeah, don't don't want. Yeah, it's that's so good. Sad. But I mean, Cameron, genuinely, do you, do you have anything? We else? did skip over one line that I wanted to bring up. Please, please, by all means, <laughs> let's talk um, about this. There was a scene that we we kind of breezed over because it's not super important, mm-hmm. but it's Batman is in Andrea's hotel room apartment apartment whatever thing yeah after she has like a very loud kiss with uh, what's Arthur his name? Arthur uh, where he's trying he still believes her dad is alive uh, and he believes that she's doing Batman all of this. still believes yes, yes Batman still believes that her dad's alive and he believes that she's still doing all of this whatever she's trying to do whatever she's trying to do in his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's like, you need to stop letting your, your dad control you. Yeah. Uh, I wrote it down somewhere. Um, the, uh, and then she re- has this amazing retort of the only one still being controlled by their parents is you. Yeah. And I, I, I remember seeing, I saw a gif of that before I even saw the movie. Oh, on, really? On Tumblr years ago. Wow. Wait, how? <clears throat> when so, did you first so, see this movie? Chris, I have some news for you. Oh. Uh, <laughs> the first time I saw this movie was about two months ago with you at um, at Tarantino's Theater, Beverly Cinema. The new Beverly. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I was trying to hold that news for you. <laughs> Chris is now. The headphones are <laughs> off. Chris is leaving his own house. <laughs> It's all right. Wait, it, as, wait, long, as long as we watch, as long as we watch it, right? What? I mean, that's the what that's really. The yeah. As long I mean, as we watch okay, it. Okay, so that is shocking, and I, I guess I'm supposed to be offended, but at the same time, that's awesome. You got to see it in theaters for the first time. That it is was, not. It was pretty. It's awesome. like you and a yeah, whole bunch of like five year old children got to see it for the first time. That's why I was so mad when they got to be a part of the raffle and I didn't. <laughs> okay, a raffle don't at take the it movie too far. Theater. Yeah, <laughs> but really, you'd never seen it before. No, I I remember before we started this podcast, I just didn't really have an interest in it for some reason. Like I was so obsessed with the, the late two thousands animated film. Don't give me that look. <laughs> it's a very bad look on you. <laughs> it um, really is though. I, there was just something about it. that like, I never, those, those older, like this, uh, Mr. Freeze, Catwoman, all those movies. I just never really had an interest in for some reason. And then when we started this podcast and you got so excited about the movie episode, about this episode yeah. in particular, I was, I was thinking like, I need to see this from a fresh perspective. Like you've you've had this movie your entire life. Yeah. I'm curious how our opinions are going to differ, which they didn't really. No. Seeing it because I was planning on watching it for the first time directly before this episode. Oh wow, mm-hmm. that's crazy. Um, but yeah. Shocking. Yeah. That, see, I know I lost a lot of nerd cred. That, no, I well yes well, no, yes you did. Well, but <laughs> every you know everybody has movies that slip through the cracks for sure. In in even 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 movies that ex, like you would expect wouldn't slip through the cracks. That happens. That happens to everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to think of one of one of mine. <laughs> but anyway, so we, we have been talking. I've never about... seen the Hobbit animated movie. Are you really missing How out on anything? Though? I plan to no. I plan to watch it on, for the. Have podcast. you seen okay, that makes the sense. Uh, Leonard Nimoy music video? The that has to do with Lord of the Rings. Yeah, yeah likes, all the Bilbo Baggins. Yeah, he sings it. No. Oh, it, you are missing out I know on a of, treat for the world. It, it, did he, he, did, he didn't write it. Did he write it? Mm-hmm. Oh, he wrote it because I know there's... Bilbo, Bilbo, Bilbo Baggins, the greatest little hobbit of them all. Oh, boy. It's amazing. Okay. I watched uh, that in seventh grade, and it stuck with me forever. Because I know there's, you know, there's long songs that Tolkien has written, uh, either for Bilbo or about Bilbo, and I assumed he put that to oh, music. Oh, no. Well, I'll, I'll show it to you after the podcast. Okay. <laughs> 
Okay. Sorry. Okay. If but, it ever ends. I, yeah, I know. At this point, we probably should wrap it up. If you guys are still around, thank you. Uh, <laughs> I think pretty much good for the yeah. movie at this point, right? Okay. So that. Uh, Wait. So what? I'm so sorry. Where? So what are? Where do you rank? Where do you guys rank this movie in Batman films? One. You rank it one? Yeah. Hands down. Of theatrical films. What do you do two and three? Um, begins, returns. Begins, returns. Okay. Yeah. You? You know, after watching it, I think I'm going to put it at number one as well. Really? Mm-hmm. Um, high-fived. We nailed yeah. it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> not sure if the audio can pick up on that really <laughs> shitty high-five. We've, we've, we've come back together. We've come back together, Cameron. <laughs> Chris just slapped Cameron for no reason. <laughs> no reason. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think this like just blew up on my list because it... Because it, it kind of had everything yeah. that I wanted in a Batman story. Um, two and three. Three I'm going to put as um, uh, forever. Just because I love that movie way more than I need to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and the trifecta. <laughs> so oh, he can't, he can't get out. We've trapped him at the desk. The he attempted. He attempted um, to walk out. Two, I guess I'll put his begins. I really like the. I just love the training montage at the beginning. Begins. Yeah, yeah. It kind of carries the whole thing for me. It does. Yeah. What about you, Vasilius? What are your uh, rankings um, here? Are, can we count DVD or no? We're doing theatric. I think we're doing theatrical, theatrical. release. Because if we're inclu- yeah. if we're including DVD, that list is then very it's, it's, it's a long list. I'm yeah. doing begins, Phantasm, Lego, theatrical. Oh, oh damn shit it! Snacks. Lego's number one for me. Okay, this is still number one for me. Okay. And I think Lego would actually be behind. Begins and Returns. I love yeah. Lego movie. The Lego Phantasm Forever. Yeah. <laughs> there, there you go. It works. There's there the name go. of the episode right yeah, there. Yeah, it works. Thank um, you for indulging me. No, no, I'm, that's, a, that's a good question. I, I, I'm glad you brought that up because I would have forgotten about Lego Batman. How could I possibly forget about Lego Batman? Yeah. Which is funny because I actually have a little Lego Robin. Yeah, I've been looking at that sitting, the whole time. Sitting on my desk there. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we should wrap it up, I think, at this point. So real quickly, we'll get into our, our bat plug for the week. Uh, Vasilius, do you have something you've been watching or reading or uh, listening to or whatnot? Yeah. Um, one is a, uh, a British miniseries. I guess a series. Uh, it's called Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell. Have you guys... I See? know of it. I have yeah. not watched it. Okay, so it's based on a book that I actually read um, in uh, back in college in my fantasy literature class, which I told you about, Cameron. Mm-hmm. Uh, that um, yeah, so it, it's a wonderful book, and the miniseries is also very very good. I just watched the miniseries for the first time. It's uh, it, t- it take all of the best aspects of like a well crafted BBC like period piece period mm-hmm. drama and just inject magic into it. That does sound pretty awesome. And awesome. it is awesome, and it's it's um, it's intimate enough to have like uh, a, a real personality to it. So oh, cool. yeah, it's it's awesome. Go watch Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norman. Where like where well, do it's you on Netflix? Okay, I was say, what are you watching it on? Okay, yeah, it's on Netflix. And um, go read The Hobbit, everybody. <laughs> I can't leave without saying. <laughs> oh yeah, just go, just go and read The Hobbit. Here, or here's li- or listen to it. Here's my moment. I've never read The Hobbit or any of the books. Or you can throw this out. Uh, no, that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. Can you? Can, would, would I you own make, copies? Would you? Would you read The Hobbit? <laughs> yeah, I do want to read it at some point. You should read it. I, I just have two other books I'm reading simultaneously right I now. I got so my girlfriend the Hobbit comic, oh, the Hobbit graphic novel. So if that makes it easier, you might want to go cool. that route. No, I'll read the book. I actually read do it. want to read it at some Chris, point. I haven't done it yet. I've read The Hobbit. Yeah, he has read The Hobbit. You can read. He's, I can read. <laughs> he's read two books in his wow. life. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like I only. Have, I feel like I have <laughs> three. I've read The Odyssey. The Odyssey. Um, Wrinkle in Time. And oh, oh, wow! Throwback. Yeah. Good uh, book. And, and The Hobbit. Yeah. yeah. I know seven books you haven't read, but. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> but uh, <laughs> Cameron, since I'm not yet done abusing you, um, what have you been reading? Well, not reading, but what have you been <laughs> watching? I've been watching. I just finished the new Netflix series, Dear, Bl- uh, Dear White People. Was it good? It was awesome. Yeah? It was very fun. Because it's a movie. Fun. It's adapted from a, a film, right? Have you yeah, seen... it, was, it was an indie film that came out two-ish years ago okay. that I haven't seen. But I just know all the controversy that came out when the trailer came out. And then, uh, yeah, no, MTV made this horrible Dear White People video on New Year's. They got even more hate, and everyone was connecting that to the show. But now everyone go watch the show. There's a lot of important things being brought up. Uh, and it's, it's just like a really cool kind of, it's a really interesting take on like a college campus life. Oh, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I've heard good things. I, do, uh, I need to watch that. Yeah. It's on my list. Uh, ten so. quick episodes. Half hours? Yeah. Yes. God, it's always the best. Hmm. Mm-hmm. What, are you, what are you watching, listening, reading to? I'm, uh, I'm reading a book I have right here because I can you never have remember. have one of those things that has a lot of pages yeah, in it it's, with um, a colorful front and back. Yeah, it has words printed on uh, paper. Uh, do, the, do those words make pictures? It's a book. No, they, they make uh, pictures in your mind. Oh, that's weird. It's I don't like book. that. It's a book. Nah, it's um, not for me. But uh, this is actually recommended to me, but recommended to me by my friend Neil. It's called Dreadnought. It's the first in a series, uh, the Nemesis series, and it's by April Daniels. Uh-huh. And um, so it's about a uh, transgender teenager. So how to describe it? So born a boy is a girl, um, but pre-transition who... Uh, inherits the powers of basically a Superman figure. Mm. And as part of inheriting that power, becomes an actual girl. So all of a sudden, yeah, so this transgender girl now is actually a physical girl and also has these powers. Mm. And so it's her kind of uh, navigating this this space of dealing with like a Justice League sort of thing and coming to terms with her family, accepting her now that she is an actual girl. And um, No, it's it's really good. And uh, actually a, a really good friend of mine is Jenner Fluid and read this and it, had a really big impact on her. And that's awesome because I really get excited about uh, people finding representation in like pop culture is not there. So yeah. it's, it's really, really good. It's, a, it's an easy read. It's great. I recommend checking it out. So cool. that's my thing. Nice. Yeah. Um, and I think that basically does it for us. So Vasilius, uh, tell us real quick about your podcast and where we can find you. Um, my, fo- my, my podcast. <laughs> my podcast is... Um, uh, an all-over-the-place exploration of Tolkien's work, J.R.R. Tolkien's work. It's called Tolkien Takeaway. You can find it on iTunes and SoundCloud. Um, every, it, every episode is something completely different. Um, we jump around in theme. We jump around in work. We, By we, I mean I. Um, sometimes we have a guest. Um, Chris, you will, you will be on it, uh, I hope. Uh, yeah. If you agree, no, I'd love to. And throw uh, me a topic. Yeah, so. and and uh, yeah, it's it's great, and, and I love doing it. And it's one of the things I'm most passionate passionate about uh, right now in my life. So um, again, it's called Tolkien Takeaway, and you can find it um, on Facebook, and you can find it on Twitter uh, at Tolkien Takeaway, and yeah, and I am uh, at the underscore Vasilios on uh, uh, Twitter and Instagram. How do you spell that? Boom, there you go. Thank you. The underscore V-A-S-I-L-I-O-S. Cool. Because it was written in my phone wrong until you spelt it on your last podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. And then uh, Cameron, where can we find you? You can find me at Cameron.Dexter on Instagram and not not Twitter. Yep. Landed it. Yeah. And uh, I am at Lordifer. And of course, the podcast itself is at Tim Talk Pod. It's two M's, by the way. I assume at this point you know this. 
uh, on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. And uh, we, we saved it to the end because we didn't want to interrupt in the middle of our um, – talk about the phantasm but our sponsor this week is Hellmouthy. <gasps> oh, oh yeah yes go. which uh Vasilis, you have been on i have been on three twice twice i think thrice. Thrice. two or three times thrice, thrice. two or three times it's and, more fun to say and uh yeah i i i owe a bunch to them i owe it's part of my inspiration to start my podcast is due is due to them is due to being on their podcast oh, so, yeah. and and uh, thank you ryan and kelly yeah and we've kind of modeled ours on on theirs as well so uh, mm-hmm. yeah it's it's really really good so uh do go check that out so there will be a, a promo following this but uh guys thank you so much for sticking with us it was a yeah, a guys, particularly long podcast if you're still listening thanks so much yeah, yeah. it really yeah. means a lot but uh it, we just we love this movie so much it was hard not to uh not to go long on it but uh yeah, yeah thanks so much bye bye guys Hey guys, it's Ryan and Kelly. Hey guys, it's Ryan and Kelly. <laughs> From the Hellmouthy Podcast, do you want to watch Buffy either again or for the first time ever and talk about it with us? <laughs> You'll be doing talking by yourself, but we'll be talking. Check out the Hellmouthy Podcast on Nerdist School Network. Listen to it. Okay, <laughs> let's try it one more time. <laughs> the Nerdist School Network. For class and show information, visit nerdistschool.com.